reaching Israel and the world. Shalom, beloved ones. Peace and blessings to you today. Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, we're going to be talking today about Passover. But before we get into the message, I wanted to ask you, what are your favorite memories, personal memories of Passover? I love the fellowship that occurs on Passover. It's a time where the believers gather together and just gathering around with an excitement of the Spirit of God and what He's doing, remembering His sacrifice for us. Remember, it's, it's such a, a gift of love of Yeshua coming to earth. And, and so what I remember and I'm looking forward to as well this year is just that Passover uh, fellowship of the believers around the table, you know, breaking the bread and drinking the, just the, the symbols of Yeshua and His blood that was sacrificed and His body that was broken for us. There's such a deep fellowship of love and union in the Spirit of God. Amen. Beautiful man, Cynthia Marjorie. Amen. Some of you may not know, but Passover is the crown feast, the crown jewel of all the feast of Israel that Hashem gave Israel, His chosen people, His first chosen people. Because we're all chosen in Messiah, Jew and Gentile alike. If we're in Messiah, we're chosen. But what's unique about Passover, Cynthia Marjorie, as you pointed out, is it's not a celebration that takes place primarily in the synagogue. It's a celebration or a feast that is celebrated primarily at home. 29 times in the book of Revelation, Yeshua is referred to as the Lamb of God. This is pointing us back to the Passover, as you were saying. And so we're going to dwell deep into God's Word today, looking at Passover, not just historically, but as a present experience. Today, beloved, we're going to endeavor to go deep in God's Word as we study Passover present. When I say Passover present, I'm not speaking of present as being a gift. I'm speaking of present as referring to the now. The spirit behind Passover working in our lives in present time, in the reality of the now. You see, many of us, when we study scripture, without realizing it, we're studying it historically. We're thinking back in time as to what God did for His chosen people, to the patriarchs, or even how He worked in the lives of the apostles. But we don't recognize sometimes, as fully as we ought, how the same Spirit that redeemed Israel out of Egypt, the same Spirit that parted the Red Sea, in fact, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work in your life and my life today in present form. You see, the truth is, if you look at your life, if you're really clinging to God every day, if you're talking to Him all the time, you're being transformed. You're not the same person this year that you were last year. You're not even the same person this month as you were last month. Why? Because the same Spirit that delivered Israel out of Egypt is transforming you. We're talking today, beloved, about Passover in the present. What I want to do is I want to begin by laying the solid foundation of the historical narrative. I want to just review today what God did for His chosen people, His first covenant people, 3,500 years ago. 
And then what I want to do is to apply the lessons that we can learn from that story, the story of the Exodus, how we can apply that to our life today and recognize once again that the same spirit that was with Moses is with you in present tense. We know the story, most of us. Israel found themselves enslaved in Egypt. This was actually prophesied years before by the Lord to Abraham. When the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision of the night as Abraham was put into a trance, and the Lord said to him, your people will be enslaved to a people and in a country that is not theirs for 400 years. And sure enough, the prophecy came true. When Israel found themselves in Egypt, where originally they were welcomed there, but eventually when a new Pharaoh arose, he became threatened by Israel's uh, fruitfulness and began to subject them to slavery and to oppress them. It's interesting, by the way, that the same thing that happened to Israel 3,500 years ago in Egypt, where they began to prosper in Egypt, and as a result of them prospering, Pharaoh or the government became threatened by Israel. And so he, in response to that fear of them, began to subject them to slavery. It's interesting that that same phenomenon has repeated itself over and over and over in, his, in history, almost wherever Jewish people have gone. They went to different countries, different countries in Europe. They began to prosper there. They began to rise. They began to become affluent. They started learning trades and learning professions. And all of a sudden, what happened? The government reacted. They said, these Jews are going to take over. These Jews are going to take over the world. And as a result of that, they were persecuted. Uh, programs were uh, assaulted against them. They were, they, 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 they were driven out of lands. It was very similar to what happened to Israel in Egypt. And so Israel is there in Egypt. Pharaoh becomes threatened. He begins to oppress them. They're slaves there for 400, 430 years. Finally, we know the story. And it's an interesting story because the Lord says to Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. Now, to me, what's kind of something to ponder is that here they were. They had already been slaves for approximately 400 years, brutal slavery oppressing them. And then the Lord says to Moses, after the 400 years, he says, I've heard the cry of my people, and I've come down to deliver them. And in my puny human nature, I've often asked myself, Father, thank you that you heard their pleas. But what about the people that died before you rescued them? And it's just kind of an interesting phenomenon that the Lord was hearing, and he cared, and he had compassion, but he waited 400 years until he acted. And that's a bit of a mystery, and I don't understand the mystery, why the Lord didn't just immediately, as soon as Pharaoh started to mistreat Israel, why the Lord didn't immediately, you know, crush the forces of the Egyptians. But he waited, he had a timing. And the only thing that we can say is, when we don't understand God's ways, we have to trust his heart. God had a purpose in it, and he did respond. And so he spoke to Moses, and he said, I'm going to use you to deliver my people out of Egypt. They're my people, and I want you to bring them to a place in the wilderness where they'll be able to worship me and sacrifice to me. We know the story. Moses goes before Pharaoh. He says, the Lord says, let my people go. And Pharaoh scoffed at him. Uh, Pharaoh resisted. As a result of that, 10 huge 
plagues fell upon the Egyptian people. The plagues got worse and worse and worse. Finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh said, okay, that's enough. Go, go, get out of here. And as soon as Israel left Egypt, it wasn't long before Pharaoh changed his mind and he ordered his people to begin to pursue Israel to bring them back. The truth that we need to understand from this is that is how Satan is. Satan only understands, beloved one, one thing, power. You see, Pharaoh said, okay, let them go when God's power was so heavy that Pharaoh had no choice. When Pharaoh lost his own firstborn son and all the other Egyptian families in Egypt lost their firstborn son, the power of God caused Pharaoh to drop to his knee. But as soon as the plague lifted, Pharaoh was right back where he used to be. He wanted to go get Israel and bring them back to slavery. Satan only understands power. And this is what we see in Pharaoh. As soon as the power was off, as soon as there was no more plague, bam, he's right back in that same satanic nature, that same satanic heart that he had been in, pursuing and, and oppressing God's people. So you need to understand, beloved, that Satan is never going to understand you in the sense of showing compassion to you. Satan is never going to have empathy for you. Satan will never respond to your reason. The only thing that the powers of darkness respond to is power and truth, truth and power. And what this means is that if you and I are going to be free, we're going to have to learn how to take authority in the power of the truth to subdue the powers of darkness because they will not submit to us or to the Lordship of God's Spirit in our lives any other way. They will not feel sorry for you. And they will not stop tormenting you or I until we make them. And so the story goes on in Egypt, in, in, in Israel's journey out of Egypt. Israel has left. They're on their way towards the promised land. Now, once again, Pharaoh changes mind, so the Egyptians are hot behind them. Israel is moving forward. They come to the Sea of Reeds or the Red Sea, and now they're trapped. Most of us know the story. They can't go forward. The huge sea's in front of them. They can't swim across. They can't go backward. Why? Because Pharaoh and the armies are behind them. So what happens? God puts a barrier between the Egyptians and his people Israel. And he says to Moses, what are you doing? Stretch your staff over the sea. And Moses stretches his staff over the sea and the sea parts. This, beloved, is a symbol of the rapture. Why is it a symbol of the rapture? The 10 plagues had already hit Egypt. Israel was still in Egypt. Just as the church will be in the world, as I've said many times, through much of the tribulation, it's only when the final wrath of God is poured out, right before the final wrath of God is poured out, that his people uh, will be rescued. This is what happened in Egypt. God took his people through the sea, and then he poured out his final wrath on the Egyptians by drowning them as they tried to follow Israel through the sea. Likewise, the church will be in the world through much of the tribulation that's described in the book of Revelation, and it's only before the bowls of wrath are poured out, which are the last seven judgments, it's only right before the seven bowls of wrath are poured out that God will take his people out of the world, 
just as God people took his people through the sea in, ancient, uh, in the ancient times, so he'll take his people, he'll part the sky, take his people through the clouds, rapture them into his own presence, then he will pour out his final wrath upon the world, even as he closed the sea upon the Egyptians and drowned them once and for all. Jesus loves you. He really does. He'll do for you what he did for me. He gave me hope, meaning, a brand new future. Are you feeling something, honey? Yes, yes. Many are feeling something. If you're feeling something stirring right now, what you're feeling is God. He loves you so much. He created you. And you can only find out who you really are by coming into relationship with the one that created you. If you'd like to ask God to come into your life right now, I want you just to raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Others, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you today. God bless you today. God bless you today. God bless you today. Praise the Lord. Beloved, God has given me the gift of breakthrough, but breakthrough opportunities cost money. This is why I'm asking you today, would you consider becoming a monthly partner with me and discovering the Jewish Jesus? There are so many things that we can do, so many people that need to be reached, but we can't do it, beloved, without your help. If the Lord is blessing you through this ministry, if you believe in it, if you believe in the words that I'm speaking, that the world needs to hear them, that people can be helped by them, I want to ask you to partner with the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm confident of this. Everything that we do for King Jesus, we're going to be rewarded for. Thank you for your help. This is Passover present because you and I are moving into an age where the plagues that are coming upon the world will continue to increase. We're gonna have more problems with the climate change. We're gonna have more problems with depression. We're gonna have more problems with suicide. We're gonna have more problems with rogue countries getting their hands on nuclear weapons. We're gonna have more problems with censorship and Christians and, and biblical values being censored. The problems will continue to increase. The judgments of God will continue to increase. But finally what's going to happen is before God is about to release his undiluted wrath upon the world, he is going to redeem his church out of the world in what is called the rapture. And we are moving presently towards the rapture. And so the story continues. Israel gets to the other side. And uh, God said to them, you're never going to see your enemy again. He drowned them all in the sea. But before I move forward today, I want to take a few steps backward and talk about when the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, how did he do it 
through the blood of the Passover lamb. We know the story. God spoke to Moses and he said to him, I want you to tell my people, every family, to take a lamb, an unblemished male lamb. Then they were to examine the lamb, make sure that it was unblemished. The lamb actually lived with them. And then after the lamb had spent time with the family, the family inspected it, saw that it was uh, unblemished. Each family then took the lamb, put it to death, and then they took the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts and lintels of their doorframe. But wait a second, let's think about it. They took the unblemished lamb that had become one of their own family because the lamb had lived with them before they sacrificed it. They had to eat the lamb. And when the lamb was slaughtered before being prepared, it wasn't just that the father took the lamb behind his house in private where the children or wife couldn't see because it was too gruesome for them to see. No, instead what happened is everybody in Israel, every family member had to take a part in putting that lamb that was going to save them to death. The entire family, every Israelite family, Every family member had to take part in putting that lamb that was going to be their redemption to death. Think about that. It speaks about Jesus who became one of us. Just as that ancient Passover lamb was living with the family before he was sacrificed, so Jesus came to live amongst us. And then what happened? Was it just the Romans that put him to death? Was it just the Pharisees that put him to death? No. It was each one, you and I put him to death. Even as every member of each Israelite family had to take a part in playing the role of putting that ancient lamb to death before they slaughtered it and prepared it and ate it, so too, beloved, it was your sin that put Jesus on the cross. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down by my own initiative for the sin of the world. It was my sin. It was our sin that put Jesus on that cross. When they put that spear in his side and the blood flowed out, that spear represented my sin and your sin. It was our sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his chastisement, we are healed. Passover present. Passover now. This Jesus that I speak of, he's with you right where you're at. If you're in your living room right now, he is with you in your living room. He feels your very breath. He's in your every thought. In other words, every thought that you think is present to him. He's with us now, this redeemer of the world. So every Israelite family, going back to the ancient story, put that lamb to death. It was one of them. Then they had to eat him. Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh, and drink my blood. You have no life in yourself. Of course, some have taken this to be that we're supposed to drink the literal blood of Jesus and eat his flesh literally. This, for example, is the doctrine of the Catholic Church. As Protestants or evangelicals, we don't believe that we're literally drinking Jesus' physical blood in taking the Lord's Supper. We believe Jesus was partake, telling us of partaking of him spiritually. God is spirit. Jesus said, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, are spirit and life. But every day we need to be receiving Jesus in the spirit. 
taking his flesh, drinking his blood in the spirit. And when we take communion or the Lord's Supper, which was actually part of the Passover meal. Did you know that? The Lord's Supper or communion was part of the Passover meal that Jesus celebrated with his disciples immediately before going to the cross. Every time we take the Lord's Supper or communion, we're taking of the Passover lamb. We're eating his flesh, we're drinking his blood, we're taking him into ourself by drawing him into our soul through our desire to have him in our life. And as we open our heart up to him, beloved, by talking to him, by sharing our heart with him, by asking him to come in, we fulfill Jesus' words when he said this, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock in the book of Revelation. If you'll open the door and invite me in, I'm going to come in and fellowship with you, sup with you, and we'll have fellowship and life together. So Jesus, the Passover lamb, is present every day. He's waiting. He's knocking, waiting for us to invite him into our life. He's given us free will. He loves us. He's right here. But we have a free will. We have to respond and share our life with him and receive him. I want you to think about this. The Israelites then, they took that lamb, going back to the narrative, they put that lamb to death. They ate, his they, ate the, they, they, they ate the lamb. Then they took the blood of the lamb and put it on their doorpost. You see, it wasn't just enough that the lamb was sacrificed and its blood was shed. It wasn't enough that when that ancient Passover lamb's blood was shed and collected in the basin that we read about in Scripture 3,500 years ago, it wasn't enough for the blood to be in the basin. The Israelite then had to carry that blood that was in the basin and put it on the doorposts and the lintels of their doorframe. In other words, it needed to be applied to each one of their lives. And then they would go in their home, and when the angel of judgment or the angel of death moved through the land of Egypt, he passed over every home that was marked by the blood of the Passover lamb. But get my words, it wasn't enough for the blood of the lamb to be shed in, for ancient Israel, for God's people. They had to personally take that blood and apply it over their lives by putting it on the doorframe of their home. The Bible says, we're saved by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. We must take His blood and apply it to our lives by identifying with Jesus. How do we apply His blood to our life? By identifying with Him by living for Him, by loving Him, by thanking Him for what He's done for us, by believing in what He's done for us, by believing Jesus' words when He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but through me. And so as we celebrate Passover present, I want to ask you today, are you clinging to God, the Lamb of God in the now? He that's born of God overcomes the world. This Passover season is a marked season, and it can be marked for you if you and I will yield to the ever-living Lamb of God, surrendering to Him in every area of our heart, inviting Him in, fellowshipping with Him, and walking with Him all through life. You will be delivered just like ancient Israel was. As human beings, we all understand what it's like to be in different moods. 
But did you know that God's appointed days, His holy festivals, also have different moods to them? For example, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, has a very serious and somber mood. But the season that we're in right now, Passover, it's a very happy, celebratory mood. I remember being at gatherings for the Passover season with my family and friends of our family. Everybody was always happy. This is a time of freedom and deliverance. And one of the unique things about Passover is that the Lord called Israel to come to Jerusalem to present a special offering to him during this season. We're not under the law, but I found that many of God's people over the years have desired to present a special love offering to Father God through this ministry during this season. If you'd like to do this, beloved one, I know this, God is pleased with our love. And as the president of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, I want to thank you for making it possible for us to broadcast and reach people for God all over the earth. Send your special Passover offering to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh <laughs> Vihunecha Yisayahweh Penavelecha Veasem Lecha May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Just as God provided all of Israel's needs during the Exodus, Jesus is sufficient to meet all your needs today. Tune in next time as Rabbi reveals this mystery.